with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. Sleigh ride. And there's S5 at Coast FM 963 getting underway with the Gardening Gang for this, the pre-Christmas episode with Pete and Sherilyn being sponsored, of course, by Alan Graham, Santa Alan Graham and the uh, RV organisation at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows and they all wish you a very happy, joyous and safe Christmas. And I do the same to Sherilyn this morning. Oh. She had a cup of tea ready for me when I arrived yes, about I up at six. A little donut there ready to pluck. Mm-hmm. And now we're wearing our Christmas gaieties this morning. <laughs> Is that what you call gaieties? Pete's and got... Santa's here too, Pete's, a couple of Santas. We've got a couple of Santas here. Pete's got this bright silver Santa hat on. You look like you're heading off to the uh, Christmas disco, my friend. Well, it could be. Mm. It may well be a special place to go. It's very good. On Christmas Day. Where are you going Christmas Day, anyway? Oh, no, I'm just laying low, Pete. I've been very busy this year, so I'm just staying home. The kids are going to go visiting. Well, they're going to come and visit me, which will be very lovely. So that'll be a nice time, a quiet Christmas after a busy year. What about yourself, Pete? Well, both our children and their families live in uh, Newcastle, which is not like halfway around the world, just not the one in the UK. Oh, yes, not that one. The one one about 50 k's north of here. Mm -hmm. So we're spending time in uh, Newcastle on Christmas Day. Lovely, lovely. Very pleasant. So we're driving classic hits at Coast FM 963, getting home for Christmas with Pete and Sherlin. It is the gardening gang today, and we're talking gardening in between our Christmas tunes and the beautiful songs we've chosen for you today. And you're probably running around the place like a mad fly (laughs) and trying to get those last-minute gifts picked and... Get those under the tree before everyone turns up over the mm. weekend show. And are you all done? No, can I tell you what? I actually dropped into Woolies at Lizero before I came to the station. They were open early and I thought, I'll get in there before everybody else. I just needed, look, I do make my Christmas cake, but I thought I need an extra Christmas cake. I need some chippies and bickies. I'll just grab a few. And you know what? It was packed with people in there. That's it. And I just want to say hello. I had a couple. I, I'm sorry I didn't catch your names. They were like, are you on the way to the radio station? We listen to the gang. I said, hurry up and get your things and get back. <laughs> so That I'm was half past six, done. was it? It was very early this morning. It would have been half past six. It was very early. So that was fun. And everyone was very festive and lovely. So oh, lovely. Now, I caught an there. article, lots of articles in the uh, magazines and the papers in the last couple of days about the festive season and how to handle various dilemmas. And one that came to mind was how to eat your way from the garden out of a hangover. Ooh. Now, Sherilyn, there's some interesting news here. Is there? You've got a very vibrant garden. You may not have to worry about any barocas <laughs> at all this season when the kids come up and start uh, you oh. know, getting into your scotch and the, the oh, like. They, they like the cocktails. <laughs> they do like the cocktails? They do. Oh, well, I like them a bit partial myself. Actually, do a cocktail? Mm. Nevertheless, the article goes on to say that things like avocados... Avocados okay. are fantastic to help overcome the effects of a hangover. So, Next day. So avocado on toast would be Avocado a on breakfast. toast. Right. Well, it says here, I'm not going to go into too much uh, technicality mm-hmm. here, but the avocado's got a certain uh, feature of it, a kind of... Um, would it be like, it would be the fats probably in the... Uh, well, yeah, I think that's what it would like be. It's like a... Um, an, yeah, it's kind of a, a healthy fat. A, a healthy, healthy fat. fat, yeah, yeah. I They're would full of healthy so. fats. Mm, mm. And they've got that potassium in there as well. Oh, of course. Okay. Yes. So that on toast, because with toast, you've got a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of carbo in there mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. A great combination. Right. And it'll say... Uh, it'll say it'll save you rushing <laughs> off and trying to find a Barocca or bless oh, this house 
Another one of those uh, fizzy ones that, uh, you know, one of vitamin those, yeah. C and the like. Well, get, get the avocados in now and they'll be nice and soft by then. That's the other thing. Well, you won't yeah. have much time. <laughs> avocados are in big demand. It takes several days to make them, uh, shall we say, palatable if they're green, green, green. And I've had a couple on the, uh, you know... On the fridge I've or got beside a tip. the fridge, no, ready to go. No, don't put them in the fridge, Pete. Here's the tip to get them ripe fast. Stick them in a brown paper bag with a banana and they'll ripen really quickly. There you go. Oh, not these in are the ripened. These are ready to go. I'm just saying. So they're, they're in the fridge. Ripe. Oh, you're ready. Oh, you're a player. They're ready oh, to go. We I'm have prepared surprised. ourselves for any dilemma. Look at you. Just in case you have one too many G&Ts. Oh, I know it. <laughs> well, the other thing too, which is also a pretty good idea, is uh, if rather than have chips, and they're often a little, you know, oh, yeah. a treat for you after a big day on the turps. Like chips. Uh, transfer that to a sweet potato chip. Now, you can buy those pre-prepared at some of the stores and whack them in the air fryer. But if mm-hmm. you've got your own sweet potato, whack them in the air fryer, put a right. bit of, uh, you know, glaze them with a bit of oil. Okay. And that is a highly driven vitamin A machine. Oh, it's like hot chippies. Sweet but potato. They're sweet nice. potato. Vitamin A. All That's right. going to be a beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also, too, we've got um, one more thing here, which is uh, not so much from the garden, but grilled salmon. It's full of <laughs> omega-3 fatty acids. <laughs> For all the Saratoga people after they've had their moe the night before, I suppose. That's it. <laughs> it's a solution to every problem. <laughs> the third world problem. Yeah, it is, So we go salmon. We're going uh, sweet potato chips right. and we're going avocado. What a combination. Sounds, sounds very posh to me. And a little love too. I'll go to Mackers. Coast FM 963, this is the Gardening Gang. It, uh, of course, is our Christmas edition. Mm. And we are here on location now at... Uh, Wonderful Burbank House and Garden at Erina Heights. And we're with one of our favourite gardeners and horticulturalists, Tim Faricia. Our favourite? Oh, he's one of our favourites. He's the favourite. Is he? Yes. <laughs> Hi, Tim. Morning, guys. So I'm having such a great time down here. It is really, really busy as well. Tim, what is everybody buying? Anything Christmas. Red, white, sparkly, definitely. Lots of poinsettias <laughs> going out the door? Yes. Oh, look, I got a fair few left, but definitely they're top pick today. Mm-hmm. And what about the woolly bush? Oh, I've only got a few left. All right, Pete's got a bit of a question for you. So I've got myself, a, for the first time ever, a cut Christmas tree. It's about two metres tall. Uh, how do I keep this guy alive a little longer than the standard maybe two weeks? Tim, is there a life after Christmas for a Christmas tree? Oh, not for a cut one, unfortunately. You'll still get a long life out of it. I'd say treat it like a good bunch of flowers. When you first get the tree... Do a nice sort of angle cut on there. So you want to do a fresh cut so it's able to draw the water up quickly. Mm. That's probably the biggest tip for you. Make sure you're topping that water up. So you'll be sitting that cut tree in a, like a reservoir mm-hmm. and somewhere you can top up. But if you've got a two-metre tree that's full of water, you can imagine mm. it's going to be drinking a lot of that. Mm. Yeah, so, on these really hot days as well. It's, I mean, it's hot. I'm yeah. drinking lots of water. I imagine the tree would be too. Definitely, and if you air-condition the house, that'll also dry them out even quicker. Okay, Tim, so water. A couple of litres a day, you reckon they would require? At least, definitely. At least a couple yep. of day? Yeah, it's a great big tree. It's uh, more than I... It's big, yeah, well, it's bigger than you. Imagine how much water you'd use. Don't count the gin and... It's a big boy. And don't count the gin and tonics, all right? <laughs> you need lots and lots of water for these big trees. So is it designed to have uh, a colder climate to sort of survive longer in, Tim? 
Like a, a cool house? The uh, coolest a, part of the oh, house? A cooler house will definitely keep it alive a lot longer. It's it, Again, I equate it to a bunch of flowers. You have a bunch of flowers in a really hot house, they might last you a week. Yeah. If you keep them in a cool house, you definitely get a lot longer out of them. Mm-hmm. So keeping the house cool in a nice sort of... Okay. Yeah. I keep it out of direct hot sun, if you yeah. can, through those windows. Mm. And do you think it might last to the end of uh, January, my birthday, which could be then call it a birthday tree, wouldn't we? Oh, definitely. You can have Christmas in January again. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so let's, after my birthday, of course, there is a question of what to do with the trunk, the remains of the tree. What do you suggest? Once, well, once you... De-decorated the tree and it's all dying off. De-decorated. I like that. I like that. Uh, if you can cut off all the small branches and if you can compost them yourself, good. Uh, if not, chop them up into small enough bits and put them in the green bun- bin mm-hmm. so they do get recycled rather than putting them in the red bin and they're going into landfill. Oh, there you go. Compost, Pete. Oh, you got to use that green bin. You don't use I'm it not enough. Not a compost person. No, you're going to be. The easy way Have out. I got an idea for you? A New Year's resolution, <laughs> Pete? It'll be compost. Okay, I'll try it out with this fantastic tree. All right, let's. Tim has given us good advice today. Tim, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Good to see you. Merry Christmas, guys. And we're gonna have a drink from the, uh, the the bar and a bag here now. Oh, I know. He's been taking this free. bag around to all the nurseries. I mean, they're they must. It. Oh, they are. They are our non-alcoholic Christmas. Thank you so much. Tim. No worries, guys. Thank you. We've been talking with Tim Fruger and he is at Burbank, Erina Heights. We've been having a chat about what Pete's going to do with his Christmas tree this Christmas year. Christmas Day or down here? Not Christmas Day. Somebody's <laughs> coming into water, though. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're at home with the gardening gang with Pete, Sherilyn and Tim at the moment. Come on, let's go and have another one of those non-alcoholic cocktails, guys. <laughs> Mr. Buble at Coast FM this morning with his wishes. One of the most popular albums that come out at Christmas time. Sherilyn, it is the Christmas album by Mr. Michael Buble. Buble. And we play that at our place. Do you? And the kids like it. The young ones absolutely like it. They do. Do you know, I'm so amazed at the millennials and a little bit older how they're really into the old-fashioned Christmas songs. My, my kids are the same. My daughter can't get enough of them. Can't get enough. <laughs> she loves Mariah Carey's one. I mean, I am so sick of that one. But anyway, can, yes. Can she uh, warble a tune as well as your uh, ability to do so? Uh, you're a good uh, wassailer, aren't you? <laughs> wassailing. We're off on a wassailing again. Uh, yes, I think she can. She's a little shy a- about it, though. But, uh, yeah, not, not like I, I do like... Well, give me a little bit of a Santa baby. Me? Santa baby. <laughs> there you go. That's Hurry you down the, the chimney, chimney tonight. Good morning, Alan Grahams. And Pete Little and Jolyn Darcy towers the two days before Christmas and yes. all through the house. There wasn't a cactus, there wasn't a mouse. No, there wasn't. But there was Rachel. Oh, from our green sanctuary, Pete. Yes. yes Rachel has joined us throughout the year with some wonderful stories about uh, particularly indoor plants. Mm. And her company called Our Green uh, Cactus. Uh, no, no, Sanctuary. No, Our Green Sanctuary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> brings to mind mm-hmm. a cactus I saw. Huh. First of all, hi there, Rachel. Good How morning, you doing? Good morning, Rachel. I'm reaching out this How morning. How are we? Yes, we're good. Now, but he's very excited about this cactus. I have because it was something my well. wife brought home the other day, and I couldn't believe this. And it was called a cactus, like a Christmas cactus. <laughs> and... Uh, I said, this looks absolutely nothing like a cactus. It's got a bit of red in there. Are these Christmas cactuses really a cactus? 
or just well, pretend? <laughs> I guess it depends on who you're talking to. The, the name Christmas Cactus is a common name. It's actually a Schlumbergera, and uh, it has similar characteristics to a cactus. Sometimes it's called a holiday cactus. Um, and the reason it gets this name is because in their natural environment, which is in the colder climate in the Northern Hemisphere, they produce flowers near Christmas time or in the holiday time, and that's how it gets its name. But it's not technically a cactus, it's a succulent. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, but, I but, thought it might have so, been. It just sounds so catchy. Yeah, so well, let's get Susan in here. <laughs> She'd know. <laughs> All cacti are succulents, but not all succulents are cacti. Okay. So, but it but it is in the family Cactaceae. Oh, don't sorry. get too technical. Well, it's a pretty thing, um, and I just thought to myself, is it worthwhile hanging around the house after Christmas? Does it last long indoors? Yeah, it definitely does. Um, they're actually, uh, I mean, in comparison to some of the other plants we see at Christmas time and sold at Christmas time, these plants are fairly easy to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, they like bright indirect light, uh, which is you know what most households can provide. They like their water when the soil is a bit more dry. They prefer a well-drained mix. They are an epiphytic plant, so they can grow on other plants or in trees and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so make sure they've got okay. well-drained soil like a cacti and succulent mix. They do prefer a humid environment. They group it together with other plants. Um, and simply repot it when the roots fill the pot. Um, but if you want it to flower again, so if it is in flower now, then it's probably been forced to do that with specific conditions. In the natural climate, we would see them flower around late May to June because that's our... It's a winter, it's our... a winter thing, yeah. Rachel, another plant that's very popular at the moment, probably a bit more popular than the Christmas cactus, of course, is the poinsettia. Now, they're yep. all over the place. After Christmas, Everywhere. Rachel, what do we do with those? Okay, so... Um, that's the red one, right? That's the, the red, red one. leaf one. Right. You see them, Big red leaves, You yes. see them like in Woolies. There's they're, got oh, hundreds everywhere. of them this oh, time everywhere. of year. Yep. By next week, everywhere. they're all gone, right? Big, almost heart-shaped red leaves. Yeah, Very beautiful. Popular. Yeah, yeah. yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. So um, you might believe this, but they're usually only sold in the six-week period leading up to Christmas. But they're I believe one of that. The highest, yep. They're one of the highest-selling potted plants in the world per year. Mm. They're only really sold for that six weeks. And they're one of the highest gross selling plants in the world yeah. for the whole year, which now, is amazing. I've got um, a neighbour who actually has two very large ones. They, they'd be taller than me. They'd be at six foot tall on either yeah. side of their really? front gate. And I, well, I know this because I lived in this part of the the world. They're actually from South America, from Mexico. There's a lot of yeah. tradition around those. The same as the Christmas cactus, they flower, or the little flowers are in the middle, the little white flowers that you can see. But those red bracts, the modified leaves, they come out yeah. like that at uh, a winter time. So are right. my neighbours, are they just lucky or can the rest of us plant the poinsettia in our garden afterwards, Look, Rachel? You, you can definitely plant it in your garden, but you need to be prepared for it to grow because it can reach three metres tall. Whoa. Um, and they Whoa. have very long spindly branches. So it's a shrub, it's not mm. a tree, but it grows like a tree. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be able to give it that space 
is your neighbours producing the red bracks at this time of year? Because they no. need very specific conditions to do that. Yeah, they so, actually cut it right down at the moment when I go past. But in probably yeah. late June, early July, that's when they're all yeah. red, when it's cold, when it's quite cold, yeah. or maybe even yeah, to August. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So you do want to prune them right back mm-hmm. um, very hard. Um, to to like after they have um, stopped producing that red brack, that yes. modified leaf colour, um, and so um, if you want it to produce that colour again, let's say you're keeping it as an indoor plant, but even if it's in the garden, mm-hmm. most of the time the garden will will give these conditions naturally. Um, but you need to keep it in complete darkness for 16 hours every night for 10 weeks. They actually put a tarp over them. like Because yeah. I was wondering when I first well, moved. Well, they know their points Yeah, I they? was thinking, yeah. what? I was thinking that's weird because it's actually a tarp and it's tightly tied over the both of them in, in sort of the beginning I'd of I pop in there and say, hi, Sherilyn Darcy here from the Gardening <laughs> Gang. Impressed. So what nurseries do to produce this plant in time for Christmas is they're kept in temperature controlled glass houses that have retractable blackout curtains. Well we've covered yeah. uh, poinsettias anyway, today and we've covered and uh, the Christmas beautiful cactus. Christmas cactus and to you Rachel have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and we'd love to have you back in the new year of course on an ongoing basis no yeah. money of course <laughs> uh, to well, keep us informed to. about indoor plants well done. And Merry Christmas to you, and I'll be happy to come back next year and have a great New Year if I don't speak to you before then. That's Rachel O'Kell there from Our Green Sanctuary, and we've been talking poinsettias and Christmas cactuses and what we're going to do with them after the holiday period. That's it, Coast FM 963, Christmas time. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. It is the radio station with the classic hits and also with the superstars on Saturday morning. You like that, the superstar? I love of the superstars. And you know who's the biggest superstar of all? <laughs> What's you. hot, Vicky? No, not well, you. Well, she is. Here she is. Wow. <laughs> what now, an introduction. <laughs> What's Hot is calling us today from Narara Valley Nursery. The most beautiful place, particularly when Vicky's there. Oh, yes. And uh, today we're going to talk about what's happening in the garden world. What's the scandal, my dear? Yeah, the scandal's around town. <laughs> Start at Burbank at Erina Heights. They've actually got frangipanis in stock, and I cannot believe it that there's a variegated frangipani amongst their delivery. So how cool is that? I haven't what? even seen one. I've never seen one. No, I've never seen a variegated frangipani. That would be something to just go on and behold. A really? Christmas miracle. Oh, wow. Put it with your variegated hibiscus. Yeah, there we go. Next door at the Wildflower Meadow, you can purchase an e-gift card for the native gardener for Christmas time if you run out of ideas on what you can mm, buy. Good idea. Um, it is a good idea. And Haven Garden Centre, they've still got their 30% off sales, so don't go to the big green shed. Park your car across the road and jump into Haven Garden Centre <laughs> and take advantage of their 30% off sales. So they are really cool there. And the Kingcumber Homewares, they've got the brightest potted colour at the moment that you've ever seen if you need a quick Christmas fix of colour for those pots before the rellos turn up. Mm. YE Nursery have got carnivorous plants, which I know are extremely hot at the moment for Christmas. And Forest's Beach have got lots and lots of giftware for Christmas too. So there you go. It's all very Christmassy. I don't have my bell here. <laughs> uh, well, we had a little chit-chat about what's happening at Narara Valley, but what about in terms of uh, items that might be gifty-style things there? Oh, well, it's our calla lilies that are hot there at the moment. They're easy to grow. They're definitely our best sellers at the moment because they're a great, great quick gift idea. 
And also, you can get 50% off all of your Christmas gifts at Narara Valley Nursery. So hurry in there and get it while it's 50% off so we don't have to deal with it after Christmas. <laughs> Beautiful. I highly recommend them. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, we're going, well. Things are going well. Um, everyone's had a, in the gardening world. I'm mm. sure it's had a great uh, little Christmas because uh, it's just that time of year. Yeah. To splash out on something nice for your garden or your friends. Now, yeah. on that basis that uh, we've got ourselves a bit of time here. Yes. Uh, Cheryl and Darcy's prepared today a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful story. It's time to play the gardening gang fact or fib game. Play along at home as well. Who's in front? I think Pete is still in front, but no, Vicky is no, coming Madam, up the rear. Madam beat me last week oh, and the did. week before. And the week before. She's picking up steam here. Okay. <laughs> well, because it's still Christmas... We've got another Christmas one for you, another Christmas tree one, but I'm going to make this a little bit difficult, okay? Now, Mm -hmm. if you've seen any movies or you've been over to America, you know that there is a giant Christmas tree that's put up in the Rockefeller Centre. So you know when you see New York and they've got that great big Christmas tree and they light it just before Christmas Day? Look, people Um. ice skate out there. Well, this is true. This is the true part. So the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree at the Rockefeller Centre in New York started with construction workers during the Great Depression and they did it while they were building the Rockefeller Centre. So this happened in 1931 and they decorated with lots of things and it was lovely. Well, the Rockefeller family thought, what a great idea. Let's keep putting a Christmas tree up every year. Each year, the trees get bigger and bigger until, now this is the part that is a fact or a fib, until a few years ago, let's say about the 1980s, it was pretty standardised. The size of the tree is now always, by the time they put it up, about 80 feet in height and it's about 12 tonnes once they put all the decorations on it as well. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing I'm just going to tell you that's true as well, the tree that they put up is about 80 feet high and once it's all decorated, it weighs about 12 tonnes, all still true, and up on the top, the star is made of Swarovski crystals, about 3 million of them. But what I want to know from both of you is the tree. Is it a fake tree or is it a real tree? Ooh, challenge the old brain there. Well, Vic, um, I, I'll stick my neck out and I'll say it would be a real tree. It would be a living, breathing tree from somewhere there around that New York State area. That's my view. Can I fight with Pete on this, or do I have to go with the other? You don't have to. No, no, no. You (laughs) honestly don't have to side with him at all. I mean, no, you can side with him. You can do. You can do the same or opposite. Whatever you feel the the answer is, that's fine. I think that's something that elaborate with the fossil. Swarovski. Oh, Swarovski. I know. It would have to be a real tree. I don't think they'd skimp out on you know like Anko Kmart sort of brand. It doesn't I'm have to be a cheap replica. <laughs> it could be an. Ex- it, well, where we're where we're putting you our neck on the. the thing in my head, Pete. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think it's a replica tree. I think it's a real I think breathing it's true. tree. Yeah. yeah.
Alright, you're both you're both completely right. It's never been a fake tree. An estimated 125 million people visit the attraction every single year, and the tree is usually a Norway spruce, and they try to get the biggest one they possibly can. Pete, you were correct. They f- usually find it somewhere in New York State, but it can come further afield. The largest tree ever was just over 100 feet tall, and the smallest in recent memory was about 69. And this year, it's 80 feet tall and very big, Mm. very big. And they put it up at around mid-November. And the reason they do is because they want it to stay alive. Well, you see, it's winter time there through that yeah. period, so well, it's, cut. it's not going to die of heat exhaustion, <laughs> and uh, just a lot of snow is falling upon those branches and things like that. You know, that's it. And this year's tree came from Vestal, New York. Vestal. Thanks, Vestal. Thank you, Vestal. I think it's a lovely... Uh, Vestal's obviously missing a tree. They're missing a tree, oh. yes. <laughs> well, yeah. that's it. And, the, yeah, the age of the tree, it's probably about 80 or 90 years old as well, but I'm okay. sure that they plant a few extra ones. Okay, so that's about my age, uh, plus Sherilyn's age combined <laughs> under one. Um, very well, both. Very good, both of you. Very, very good. You're both in. We'll take a bow. Thank you so much. That's it. Thank you, listeners. We've really come a long way this week um, <laughs> in in terms of the, the closing with some correct answers there, Vicky. Well, yeah, we have Vicky. That's three in a row. You've got a hat trick. Well done. Yippee doo! I'm so happy. Now I'm just going to go and work on how to taste coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Vicky. Thank you so much for your help and have a lovely Christmas. On I Monday, there's Victoria from Narara Valley Nursery. She's white hot today. <laughs> she is as hot Just as a... like Santa's beard. And you're listening to Coast FM 963, where you're at home with the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn. Merry Christmas. Coast FM 963. All right, rocking around that Christmas tree. That's what we're doing here with the Gardening Gang this morning. That was Brenda Lee, and this is Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy today. And thanks for the calls. All the calls coming in today, people saying, Happy Christmas, guys. Yes, they are. Thank you so much for listening all year. Oh, Steve. Steve's here. Oh, Steve. Steve, Good to see you, champ. Hello. Save the day. He has. Time to get your hands dirty, Sherilyn. It sure is. Coasty's time to get your hands dirty. And this week in Coast Community Newspaper that you can pick up everywhere around the Central Coast, I'm talking about Christmas plants and their traditions, how to look after your Christmas tree, your poinsettias, and your Christmas bush as well, all there. And you can find them online at coastcommunitynews.com.au as well. Right, I know everybody's looking for things to do for plant lovers. There is something on today, believe it or not, Pete. So if you've got your kids or your grandkids, how about painting a Christmas gnome? It's on today at Burbank at Saddles up at Mount White. That'd be so nice. Get away from the malls and get up there with the kids. From 10am this morning until 3pm, join the Burbank at Saddles team to paint a whimsical, magical Christmas gnome. It's only $25 per person. All materials are provided. You don't need to book. Oh, no, you do need to book. I'm sorry. You didn't need to book before, but it's getting very popular. Give them a phone. Call. That's 43701010 to book and uh, paint a gnome. Why well, are you I'm going up there as the Grinch, going? actually. <laughs> Paint a Grinch. Paint a Grinch. You could get one of those gnomes, Pete, and you could just put a Grinchy face on it. I I want to see it. We should go. Or the elf on the shelf. Oh, the elf on the. Do you do do, that one? Do you do elf on the shelf? Well, I've got any kids at home. But the grandkids, do they do it? Yes, they do. See, yeah. I sort of missed that out. My kids, are the, I'm not going to say the age because no one's allowed to know my age, but they kind of missed out. They missed out that. All right, what's happening in your garden this week? Well, I'll tell you what, Pete and everybody. 
the sap suckers are out and about. They're out there and that's not a very good thing. Make a note to treat your plants during the nymph sage stage in winter. It's a bit too late now, so you should have done that in winter. But for now, what you need to do is get out there with a strong jet from a hose or pick them off by hand to get rid of those sap suckers because they are going to sap suck <laughs> the life out of your plants at the moment. You what can are drown those sap them. suckers? Are oh, they a bird just or something? Of, no. <laughs> they're little nymph. They're like, they're like little, little grubby things, grubby are they? Things. They're like little grubby things. Mm. That's what you, you do. And then they'll kill your plants. So get out there. A big jet from, from a, a hose, one of, the one that you use to fill your pool up at Saratoga, use that. You can drown them in a bucket of soapy water. They don't like I know it sounds really mean, but seriously, they'll kill your plants. All right, what can you plant this week? So if you've got nothing else better to do than to garden, let's do that. Culinary herbs, also beans, beetroot, broccoli, and you can also plant Brussels sprouts, cabbages, cape gooseberries, capsicums, carrots, cauliflowers, celery, chicory, chilies, chocos, cress, cucumbers, eggplants, and also endives, kohlrabis can go in, leeks, lettuce, marrow, melons can go in now, and so can mustard, parsnips, and pumpkin can go in. People sort of forget this. This is, you know, they get sort of all wrapped up with the American Halloween, but now's the time you actually plant your pumpkins in Australia. Rhubarb can go in as well as radish, rocket, silver beet, spring onions, sweet corn, squash, tomatoes as two. There's a few flowers that you can put in. In fact, there's lots of them, including coxcomb, Californian poppies, cyclamens, nasturtiums, petunias, and rebecca, salvia, Do you really think people are going to sit down and be planting on the eve of Christmas? This I is a ridiculous notion. Some people will. People who are gay. <laughs> Gardeners, Pete, are going to get out there and they're going to do this, you know. Save yourself. Oh, Sit you... down, relax, get a gin and tonic in your hand and have a nice Christmas. Thank you, Sherilyn. All right. Have a <laughs> and don't get your hands dirty. No, do, do. <laughs> it's clean. fun. <laughs> Classic hits at Coast FM include this one here from Johnny Mathis. Coast FM with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. It is our pre-Christmas gardening gang today. Doreen's joined us. She's back from her big sortie up there on the north coast of New yeah, South Wales. Yep. Been to places like uh, Bonnie Hills. Yes, Sortel. Uh, uh, Grassy Head. Hat Head. Hat Head. Have to go to all the Heads places, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, which of the Heads didn't you like? I didn't like grassy heads. No, it's a bit boring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was a bit um, no, and a bit, a bit too rustic for me. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I think it, uh, you might I'm find not a very rustic the girl. alternative community there. Mm, yeah, well, no, it's and more they, the amenities weren't very, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah, because yes. having lived in that part of the world, unless you were a real hippie, mm. it does present challenges. Mm. Now, Doreen, you're back. The van is back. Parked oh, yes. Mm. At Coast FM yes, for a day or so. Absolutely. Yes, it's going to have a little breather now. Okay. Well, Merry Christmas to you and Thank yours. You. And uh, now let's get on with the gardening gang and the report on the markets around the coast this weekend. Okie doke. Many of them? Uh, no, not a lot because a lot of them have been combining well, and doing pre-Christmas ones. Ah. Yeah, so okay. um, well, this is what I exist. have or what I hope is on <laughs> from what I can get confirmed. It's warming up. Yes. Is it my turn now? Oh, yes. Your turn. <laughs> okay. Edelong Fresh Food Markets are holding a special Christmas market today at the Broken Bay Scout Hall on Picnic Parade between 7 and 1. Grab some special Christmas gifts or your fresh fruit and veggies for the day. There's also eggs and deli items on sale. Now, we're going to try and find some prawns. Have they got prawns there? Oh, sorry. I haven't, I'm not privy to that information. <laughs> no. 
Okay, and our lovely little one, Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held today between 9 and 3 on the corner of Georgetown's Drive and Bloodtree Road. They specialise in homemade preserves, cakes, crafts and plants. So if you're after made preserves, cakes, crafts and plants. So if you're after that little, you know, special preserve for Christmas. Oh, no, they're good. I'm after prawn. Absolutely. Oh, you're after oh, sorry, prawn. no, I can't see Do you know, up there. They'd be good for last minute little hampers. They would be. Very yes, good. Absolutely. Now, also, the Long Jetty Markets are on today between 9 and 2 on the foreshore. Pop over to the markets for lunch and have a browse around their beautiful stalls. There's lots to see, like fashion, homewares, jewellery, local produce and international street foods. Now, they're also saying it's a special Christmas market, so I'm imagining at all these little ones, you're going to get lots of little gifts. Oh, and maybe mm-hmm. some prawns. beautiful <laughs> prawns. Well, they're closer, oh, to, my gosh, aren't they? prawns. They're closer to the ocean, so you I, never know. I know what they are going to get. They're going to get me, because the Long Jetty Market... Markets are my favourite. Are you going today? I'm straight out. That's it. I'm I'm going. Can you get me some prawns? (laughs) No. Well, there could be some tomorrow. (laughs) Right. Okay. So tomorrow, Tukley Lions Club markets are on in the Coles car park, Tukley, between eight and one. Go along, browse through their stalls, and grab a bargain or two. Now there could be prawns at Coles anyway while you're there. So <laughs> we're going to find these prawns, right? We are. Dip out of the markets and jump in the coals. Let's yes. do that. Okay. Now, also, Gosford City Farmers Market are holding their last market for the year tomorrow between 7 and 1, and they'll have live entertainment. There's a wide variety of goods, including fresh produce, rustic breads, pasta, and deli items, and there's also crepes. And olives. Don't know about the prawns. Oh, I love the olives, though. Don't worry about the prawns. Olives, Get the yep, olives. Absolutely. Well, they also, uh, free samples of the non-alcoholic oh, spirits as well. Yeah. I know that's so good yes. for you. We're all on a health kick and now for January. Call, look for the sign that says... Gypsy Soul. Gypsy Soul. There we go. You know? hmm, I might be doing that Cheryl too. Sure, I can sing Sounds the song good. too. I can sing the song. <laughs> It's just. I a gypsy. love the gypsy in my soul. Oh, she can sing. Oh, I love that. that That's girl, well yeah. done. It's free drinking, non-alcoholic drinking, and singing. so it's okay. Yeah. You can even drive after that. Right. And to wrap it up, for second-hand goods and specialty items, check out the Entrance Lions Club Charity Market tomorrow and every Sunday between eight thirty and twelve thirty in the Denning Street car park. Fabulous story, and we love having you here great. every uh, um, every Merry Sunday. Christmas to you all do. of you. Are you coming back on the New Year's Eve show or not uh, next Ooh, week? Oh, I haven't thought. Oh, actually, oh, I'm not really sure. I could be heading off a vanning again. Mm. Well, we'll, I think be, we'll be talking to you by uh, two-way radio next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Yes. <laughs> yes, the New Year. Uh, thank you, Doreen. Uh, Coast FM 963 with Pete, Sherlin and... Doreen and Merry Christmas, Doreen. Thank you. Champs at Coast FM and Aussie Christmas bells in that rusty Holden ute. <laughs> Should be Toyota now. We can't find too many Holdens around. If you do find an old ute, they're worth a fortune. They are. To try and do up and restore and that oh, kind of stuff. you see all those down at Chrome Fest and places like that during the year, Pete. They used are to be the American hot cars, now it's the old Aussie. Mm. Holdens and the old Falcons. The Falcons. And the old Fords. 28 it. minutes before 9 o'clock here from Coast FM with Pete and Sherilyn. And uh, as we do at Christmas time, wish each other a beautiful Christmas break. <laughs> I've got a nice song just for you coming up, Sherilyn. Oh, just for you, my thank sweet. You. Are you looking to... Tanya is the vet nurse at Coast FM every uh, Saturday morning and I'm going to sing a little song. Okay, let's hear it. Good tidings to you and all of your pets. We wish you a Merry Christmas, Tan, and a Happy New Year. How about that? Like that one? Oh, yay! We've got you here on Christmas Eve. 
to share the joy of the festive season. Hello, Tanya. We've got a couple of questions because we all get very excited about Christmas and Christmas lunch and the presents. And I hear, Tanya, it can be an extra dangerous time for pets. Extra dangerous time. It can. <laughs> oh, don't throw bones. Don't throw chocolate. No, there's, a bit, right, more, there's a bit more, Tanya. Look, it is a time where you do have to be very vigilant. Let's just say that. Right. Okay. Vigilant when it comes to your pets. So, Tanya, what are the sorts of things we need to look out for? Look, on Christmas Day, we can get so wrapped up in you know, the festive season with with our family and friends is so wrapped up in lunch and dinner that we forget that our, our pets are there and really easy for family members who perhaps aren't so pet savvy to just throw our dog uh, bone from off the table, mm. which isn't so healthy for dog or our cat. We've talked a lot on the show about chocolate is definitely not something that is suitable for for our pets. But also things like ham. Ham is something that a lot of people aren't aware of, but oh, ham is ham. definitely a no-no. A bit of pig. Ham, no, yeah. No good yeah. for us. Okay. Why is that, Tanya? Now, look, ham is really salty, but it's also really fatty. So it's, it's something that can cause a lot of problems. Um, for your dog and for your cat. So it's something to definitely steer away from. Any cooked bones, often people will, you know, just throw a bone under the table for your dog. But often Mm. on Christmas Day, we've got cooked chicken and turkey bones. So there's something else that can cause obstructions or perforations in in your dog's bowel. So it's something that you definitely want to steer away from. What about about the dessert table? A bit of ice cream doesn't go well, does it? Ice cream and pudding. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me tell you, with with ice cream and dairy products, all, all animals are actually lactose intolerant. Oh. So it's funny because often people will give their cat a saucer of milk or something, mm. but they actually don't need it. And once any animal is weaned, they don't need milk anymore. So yes, they could probably tolerate a mouthful of vanilla ice cream and they'll probably quite enjoy it. But if you were to continue giving them ice cream, they're probably going to get some diarrhea or some vomiting. So you want to really stick clear all. of that. No. Yeah, no. yeah. What about a little lick of beer? Is that something that um, a cat can tolerate or a dog? Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Some people think the beer is good for their uh, digestion. What? You want to give oh, a cat no, a glass no, of no. beer? No, just a lick. Oh, gosh. No? Well, a cat, cats are too smart, I, but I don't think any cat would lick any beer, whereas a dog would probably drink yeah. some beer. My my old dog, he, <laughs> he yeah. once stole one of my... My brother yeah. was drinking a... I think it was a cruiser, a mango cruiser or something, or an orange cruiser. And my brother was sneaking it from my brother was sneaking it from my mum, so he had it in one of those big plastic cups that you would drink juice or cordial out. Oh, okay. And, and right, the yeah. dog, the dog came and drank it, and not only did he have a few laps, he ran off with the cup. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, it didn't affect him. He was a big Nick. sixty kilo Malamute. Oh. <laughs> he, and he, he didn't. He didn't get much. He might have popped outside for obvious floor. reasons. He yeah. might have done. <laughs> oh, but I know yes. you. Oh, you mentioned the Christmas cake before. We've, we've talked about oh, fruit cake, so yes. that's a big one. Yeah, that's the next one. Christmas cake. The most yeah. toxic thing 
I think, on Christmas Day that a dog could consume is a chocolate fruit cake. Yeah. Okay, because most of the time these chocolate fruit cakes made by grandma have alcohol, mm. dark chocolate, mm. and raisins. Okay, oh, so they've got okay. the trifecta. Okay, mm. so they're enough to make make me drunk. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so keep those things away from your dog. Well, dogs. I can work out the perfect storm Absolutely. now. It's a fruit cake with ice cream and a beer <laughs> chaser. Yes, okay, not a good thing. <laughs> but if you are into a little bit of extra partying, yes, you know, in a sense of anything above alcohol. Illicit things. <laughs> anything that's a bit naughty. Oh. Let, let's cut to the chase here. So what you're saying is any illicit substances. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like not drugs sniffing dogs and cats, but yes. dogs on drugs. That's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because oh a, lot of dogs, a lot of dogs will eat them, particularly if they are made into food. I have seen dogs that have come through the hospital and they have eaten drugs that have been made into food and just drugs. Um, they've found the stash, oh the owner's stash. They're very yeah, quiet yeah. The so that is, that is something that, no, well, you know, dogs can't metabolise things the way that we can. And, you know, speaking of the magic cookies that we were just yep. talking about, yep. so that, that is something to really be aware of because right. it can cause death. No, in all seriousness, that'd be awful. So on Christmas Day, Tanya, um, you know, we all hope all our pets are nice and safe. But should something happen, I mean, what should we do Get on to Christmas the vet Day? Quick or I call know, but, Tanya. but are there vets? Are there vets open? <laughs> what, what what should we do if something happens? Are there vets open yeah. on Christmas Day? Look, there absolutely is. So in West Gosford, you've got the Animal Referral Hospital, mm-hmm. um, and then in Tugra, you've got. Sash, the Small Animal Specialist Hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got those two places. They are open 24 hours all through the, the holiday season. And bring so a credit card, you'll need it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we, can, if we can keep our pets safe, we don't need to have those places. <laughs> that's it. Now, Tanya's well, great that's advice. Exactly <laughs> Tanya, can we thank you for your involvement in our our radio show every Saturday morning. You've been a great uh, great help to the uh, pet lovers of the world and uh, also, too, you've been a terrific uh, guest each week as well. Yeah, thanks, Tanya. Merry Christmas. Oh, we wish you, you a Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you back in the New Year, Tan, all right? I'll be back. I absolutely will be. There's Tanya, Tanya Middleton, part of the gang here at Coast FM. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy with the gardening gang this morning. Lachlan McDonald joins us with his Christmas hat on today. <laughs> Good morning, Lachlan, from Ray White <laughs> McDonald Partners. Good morning. How have your Christmas celebrations been going, my friend? Oh, very good so far. We're we're getting into the festive spirit. Well, you're a man of fairly sober uh, disposition, so I'm not expecting you to have a hangover this morning. Uh, on the basis of something you made last week, I was going to comment uh, or get you to comment on new rules coming in in regard to um, dual occupancy properties in New South Wales. And I think uh, the real estate industry is quite happy with this particular move because you guys have been critical of the government, uh, both governments, in fact, uh, in their quest to solve the housing crisis. So just give us some background on um, the, the, the new uh, proposals. Yeah, well, in, in relation uh, to dual occupancy, Pete, they're discussing or they put put forth um, 
basically anything that is in an R2 zoning should now be uh, permissible to do duplexes and you should have far more flexibility around doing, you know, dual living type setups, whether it's a full duplex, whether it's, obviously we've had the granny flat for some time, that's always been sort of permissible, Uh, but what's sort of been a little bit more of a grey area is the idea of the attached dual occupancy. So not the granny flat in the backyard, but the home that's sort of a, a, an approved dual occupancy. Sort of seems like as if there's a change in attitude towards that type of setup as well. Um, and obviously that, that points towards the, the idea that standard residential blocks would be permissible for duplexes. And I think that it certainly makes a lot of sense because the, the way that construction happens these days, or I should say that the, the design, um, what you can actually do is you're able to get quite a lot of living space out of a duplex. And in some cases you turn, you know, a what was a small three bedroom home on a large block into two perhaps even bigger three bedroom properties that still have some outdoor space. And obviously you can see how that would help in assisting with the, you know, the housing issues that we have. But the thing that uh, always comes to mind when we talk about these uh, redevelopments of uh, single block into two living spaces, where is the lawn? Where is the lawn for the kids? Or isn't it, isn't it part of the demand from uh, buyers anymore? Less lawn? Who cares? Yeah, well, I think that's the thing, Pete. I think it's definitely changing expectations. These days, it's not as big a consideration. I think that people are very cautious of maintenance. So when they see big lawns, when they see lots of gardens, to some people that can just say, hey, this is a lot of work. So the idea of having a a modest sort of amount of lawn, you know, like a nice entertaining space, a bit of lawn for the kids, but nothing too big, um, that actually has a lot of appeal now. Uh, You know, we've, we've got some great outdoor spaces too on the coast and, you know, great places for families to go and and enjoy with with the kids with the pets all those sorts of things so it it doesn't mean that we we necessarily need it as much in the home as as we have perhaps in the past well if you look at history uh in say sydney for example the close proximity to the city was the priority back say in the you know the the 10s the 20s and the 30s and they built all these places around surrey hills in the uh, late 1800s and they didn't have lots of lawn but they certainly could house people close to the amenities of the city and the obviously the services like uh, electricity and and sewage and the like and then it was probably the 50s when uh, someone decided let's go a little further out out towards places like um, Parramatta, for example, and that became the introduction of the the quarter-acre block and that became like the minimum then for decades and decades. So it could be the wheel is turning back. I think so, Pete, and you're seeing that in Sydney, you know, where, you know, there's a high demand for inner-city properties and you're finding that a lot of the people that own some of these large properties, let's say on the North Shore, let's say in the inner west, those sort of regions or the... The, um, the Hills districts, they're, they're retiring and they're not moving into, um, you know, um, smaller properties in that area. A lot of the time they're moving back into the city to be as close as possible to all of the sort of, you know, lifestyle amenities. And I think that we'll start to see that in certain parts of the coast. You know, we'll see around um, around the Gosford area as that starts or continues to transform, I should say, people wanting to sort of move into that location to be within walking distance of everything. So just to wrap it up there, uh, Lachlan, it seems like the wheel is turning and um, 
uh, the Central Coast may well benefit by this in a fairly short amount of time because, uh, let's face it, housing designers, if they can, uh, if they can see the new trend, and it's uh, certainly going to live within uh, the government regulations, uh, council regulations and the like, they'll be onto it real quick. Definitely, Pete. I think that it's just pointing to a change right around the, the country. Now, obviously, there's always going to be people that want the, the big block. They want the space. They want the backyard. But also, when you're looking at the options, which are the big backyard, very expensive, or apartment living, there's not really enough in between. And yep. I think this just plugs a gap in between and lets people have a little bit of the best of both worlds. And, and as you have commented before, Lachlan, it's very hard right now to find those uh, those sort of properties for the uh, for the downsizing community. And that's uh, what a lot of people are looking for now, something a little smaller, but uh, not, for example, high-rise. Exactly right, Pete. And I think that certainly when we talk about downsizing, people seem to, I think, think of, you know, quite elderly. And it's not really what we're talking about. What we're really meaning is those people that are empty nesters in very big homes that don't mind having a duplex with stairs. They're they're perfectly fit and healthy. They don't need a a single-level villa but they don't need a five-bedroom home anymore and they're all about looking for lifestyle, freeing up themselves from maintenance so they can travel. Obviously, Australians are huge on travel, so it's one one of the key things that I think we're pushing towards. Well, there's part of the trend that's happening. And next week, Lachlan, I want to talk to you about uh, the trends you're seeing in the general industry throughout 2024. Lachlan McDonald joins us every week here at Coast FM. Thanks, buddy. Have a, have a beautiful Christmas, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Alan. Damn, and that uh, disco version of MacArthur Park, Melting in the Dark. Hope you don't melt on uh, Christmas Day with all the good uh, food and the good uh, <laughs> companionship. Have a great Christmas, Sherilyn. You too, Peter. You and yours. Have a Merry Christmas. And to all our listeners who have been phoning in and sending us some lovely texts today oh. on the uh, internet. Yes, they have. We've Certainly got a whole bunch. That, so too. I'm just going to, I've just picked a few out. So thank you, Kevin, Jennifer, Chris, Brett, Naz, Janine, Susan, Freya, Linda, and Maxine. Thanks for your lovely They're all your messages. Friends, aren't they? <laughs> They're all on social media. Thank you so much. Lovely. Merry Christmas. Yes, 